Hello and welcome back to the Bi-Week Podcast. We are now on episode 11. Thank you guys for sticking with us through all these episodes. We're awesome and glad to be here. I'm with Blake, Quinn, and Cole, and we're going to be talking about, first of all, who will win each division. We're going to go through every division, maybe what has changed in the last few weeks, some big games, who will win each division. Then we're going to look at coaches who are at risk, you know, teams that are kind of underperforming and uh, coaches who probably are the problem. Then we're going to look at top 10 wide receivers. Not fantasy, actual wide receivers in the league. It's really controversial, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it. And then we're just going to look at Week 11 projections, see who's going to win each game in Week 11, maybe talk about some big matchups. Awesome. Let's start with who in each division. Quinn, you want to start? Yeah, so in the NFC West, uh, I have the 49ers. They have an easier schedule than the Seahawks uh, going forward, and the Seahawks just lost to a fairly mediocre Buccaneers team that's kind of you know, finding their step once again. But the Seahawks have to play the Chiefs, Jets, and the Rams twice. The Rams are still a very talented team, haven't been playing good, but they still could find their rhythm. And the Niners' offense just has too many weapons now and a top-tier defense for them to lose this division. So I think the Niners are almost a guarantee to win this division. Yeah, I put the same thing down. Just strength of schedule stands out to me. And don't get me wrong, I like the Seahawks, but Geno Smith just, like, he's a great, great quarterback for right now, but, like, just that team as a whole is not there. They've put together some wins, and I think they've already far surpassed expectations, right? Like, they were thinking, like, oh, maybe 0-17, right? That was the, like, talk around them. But <laughs> now they're 6-4, and four, but I just, you know, I, I see the 49ers being able to finish out the season stronger, but still not discrediting the Seahawks. They had a great season. Uh, but Cardinals and Rams, I weirdly enough, those two are just not yeah. doing well this year. So, yeah, I got Niners. I also have Niners. I mean, you look at their record, 5-4, and four, you don't think of a super dominant team. But they've been struggling with injuries, and now they have CMC and pretty much everyone back healthy. And we saw it last night on Sunday Night Football. They beat a, a pretty good Chargers team, a, a Chargers team that would be really good if they weren't so injured. But, you know, they're all kind of back. You know, CMC is really getting into this offense, and they look really, really good, and I think they're only going to get better. And even though the Seahawks are one game ahead, Niners are going to overpass them. I agree with you guys. Yeah, and this was a pick that changed uh, for me in Episode 3 when we last went over who yeah, we thought were going to win the divisions. I had the Rams as well. Um, but moving on in the NFC East, I, I had the, the Niners. E- just want to say that, but. huh? I had the Niners. Oh, you did have yeah. the Niners. Oh, yay for you! <laughs> uh, in the NFC East, I have the Eagles continuing their run. Uh, they also have a relatively easy closing schedule, and their hardest opponent is going to be the Titans or the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys could have fought for this division, but without Dak, they got off to a rough start. And I don't, and I really don't think the Giants have the fire firepower to make a run at this division. And plus, they have a tough remaining schedule, having to play the Vikings and the Eagles twice. So I think the Eagles are going to take this home. Yeah, I got the Eagles too, but I I would like to caveat that by saying they play twice the Eagles and Giants. I bet you the Giants sneak one out over them. I don't think this Eagles team is going to go seventeen and zero. I bet you they drop one of those Giants games. Oh, I, I completely agree. They're going to drop a game or two. It's just, it's just the way yeah. it works. 17-0 is nearly impossible. But yeah, the Eagles are gonna, for sure going to win this division, even though the Giants are a really good team. Starting 8-0, and and they just looked super good every single week, and they're just only getting better and better. Jalen Hurts exceeding all expectations, and A.J. Brown just looking like a superstar. So yep. I like this team a lot. Yeah, and this was a pick that didn't change for me. Back in Episode 3, I had the Eagles as well. Cole, what would you have? I had Eagles. I also had Eagles. Yeah, they, they came out hot, so... Uh, NFC South. I have the Buccaneers. This is a very bad division this year. And uh, like I said earlier, the Bucks are starting to find their stride with uh, two wins in a row. 
Panthers and Saints. Panthers, Saints, and Falcons are all very bad teams who are kind of who uh, are essentially about to enter rebuild or are re- rebuilding. And I mean, Tom Brady's the goat. Bucks don't have a terribly hard remaining schedule, with the Bengals being their hardest opponent. So, like I said, they're finding their stride, um, and there's really no one else that can challenge them in the t- division. So, I th- I have the Bucks. Yeah, like my only issue though, and I agree with you. I just think it's like because the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints are just so bad. It's not that I think the Bucks are good. They might even make the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. They might even make the playoffs at like eight and nine. Like I, I could very. That's realistic. very realistic. This yeah. is this is like the the um, oh the NFC East uh, from a East, couple years East from a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. But but one thing I would like to point out that could be an issue is the Buccaneers have the least points for in that division, and not by any small margin. Which is cause for concern because this is a team that has always been like, or since Tom Brady's been there, like this has been an offensive team with you know their defense just being solid mm-hmm. enough to keep up. But I mean, like their defense has fully become the solid thing there. They have one of the least points against in the entire NFL, and so I think if that offense doesn't get going soon, they could be in some trouble. Like that could be a very easy first round exit for them. Oh yeah, I mean their defense is holding them afloat. Like really. I mean, these last two weeks, they've hardly snuck by not that great of teams, and they're all hyped. Oh, two-game win streak in Tom Brady's. I mean, I still haven't really seen them play good. I don't even think that's up for grabs. Like, they yeah. really haven't. They snuck back the Seahawks. Like, the defense is really carrying them, and I think that is a factor. I mean, when they play a real team that's going to put up a lot of points, no matter what defense they're playing, th- their offense isn't going to be able to keep up. They're just Mike Evans and Godwin are great, but they just it, it's a little bit of a weird year, and Lenny's looking really slow, also dealing with an injury now. So, yeah, when, when they play a hard team— a first-round exit is really, really possible. Yeah, I agree. I think they're likely to be a first-round exit. And this was another pick that didn't change for me. Um, Cole, what were they? Uh, I think I think everyone had Buccaneers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the NFC North. Vikings. Vikings. I mean, Blake, nothing else to be said. Like, would you like to say anything to the fans? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've been a Vikings doubter. I mean, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna try to hide that. I just feel like they played some really, really easy games, and I was waiting for this game, and I was kind of hoping that the Bills were just gonna. Pound them to the ground so I could be like, yeah, I told you, like they don't, they can't compete with big teams, but uh, it didn't happen, and then the Vikings won. So I'd like to say I'm sorry, and that the Vikings are real contenders, and they look like a great team. Thank you for being mature about that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And sticking with the division, why? Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about Justin Fields for just for just a couple oh. seconds. What a what a god! Uh, I picked that guy up on waivers two weeks ago. 45, 45 back to back weeks. That guy <laughs> single handedly won me this week. My team, I, I started Greg Dulcich at tight end because my current tight end was out and by two points. But my saving grace this week was that man, Jay Fields. Love that guy. I mean, he's been looking amazing on the field, but even more so in fantasy. I mean, he's becoming a really good football player, but he's going to be a fantasy superstar. Just the, the play style he has, like over 100 rushing yards as a quarterback two weeks in a row. Well, not even just like barely over 100 rushing yards. He's at the quarterback record with 178 a week. And then ago. he had like 140 this week. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy numbers, and it's just, it's literally carrying fantasy squads. Like you're saying, yeah. 45 points twice in a row. And, is he's, and these runs are impressive. He's breaking yeah. tack. I mean, this guy is single handedly trying to carry the Bears. And I mean, the Bears team without Justin Fields is not three and seven. They are one and nine, maybe 0 and 10. That guy is the team right now. And it's funny how he still only throws for like 130 yards. Yeah, but he's yeah, threw three touchdowns. Yeah, no, it's That's, super good, but it's still, yeah. it's, it's crazy how many and, fantasy points he's putting out. But his accuracy has gotten a lot better early in the season. He was missing some easy throws. Um, but, I mean, I've been a Fields believer all along. If 
if I was not Ohio, an Ohio State fan, I might have been a doubter, not going to lie. But this take uh, did end up in my favor. Justin Fields has been incredible, kind of reminding me of Lamar Jackson in his MVP season fantasy-wise where he's just dropping like 40 a, 40 a game. But, yeah, he's unreal. The Bears are starting to realize how athletic Justin Fields is and are really letting him take command of this offense. And he's doing it with a like a bottom five wide receiver room, which yeah. is ridiculous. But props to Justin Fields for stepping up. All right, let's move on. Moving AFC, on, yeah, AFC, AFC East. West. East, I, I say we do East. Let's okay, let's, let's do AFC East. What do you guys have? I got the Dolphins now. I I have this division literally coming down to whoever wins the Bills-Dolphins game coming up in a few weeks. Whoever wins that game is the team who I think wins the division, but I do have the advantage to the Dolphins right now just because Josh Allen is injured. I actually have the Dolphins too. I mean, I think that's probably a take that we all three agree on, but most people would still think it's the Bills. I mean, this Dolphins team just looks hot. And their only losses are when they didn't have Tua. And, and yeah. actually, and Tua is playing amazing. I never thought I'd say that. Exactly. Tua is a real MVP candidate, and you can't even argue that. Like, Tua is being a superstar. The offense is just insane. It is so fun to watch. And, and this Bills team is in a little bit of a slump right now. They haven't looked that good the last few weeks. And that's alarming because this Dolphins team doesn't make mistakes. Like, really. Yeah, yeah I, I can really only see both of these teams dropping a game or two the rest of the year because they both have pretty... Yeah, Easy honestly, schedules this division, going forward. This division might produce three playoff teams. Oh, a thousand percent. The I mean, Jets are a thousand percent. Too. Jets or Patriots, if they sneak up there. Like, I, I don't know about them. But I, I, don't think the I, J- I don't think the Patriots are going to make it, but, but I do think the Jets can be Right now, the Patriots team. are five and four. They're not a bad football team. Oh, no, not at all. And the Patriots are always solid. Belichick will yeah. never never have a bad team. Yeah. 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 All right. How we look at the West now? AFC West, what do you guys have? Chiefs. The Chargers haven't been healthy enough to compete with the Chiefs or make a run. And the Broncos are Raid- Broncos and Raiders are just major disappointments this year. This looked like it was going to be the de- the best division in football, and it has turned to- turned out to be one of the worst. So I have the Chiefs. Yeah, everyone thought this was going to be the division of death. Like, oh my God, there's no one who's going to pull away in here. And the Chiefs have pulled away. The Chargers <laughs> just, they're not winning games that they need to win. The Broncos and Raiders are just flat out bad at football this year. And the Chiefs are just doing what the Chiefs do. They got Patty Mahomes behind center. They got Travis Kelsey playing better than he ever has in his career. This is a good team. I was thinking at the beginning of the year, like, oh, they're the only team now without an elite receiver of the four teams in this division. Then all of a sudden, we're just like, oh, gosh, Juju Smith-Schuster's having a great year. And Travis Kelsey has stepped up even more than he ever has. It's the Chiefs division, and they're going to win it. Yeah, just like you guys said, it's crazy how in the offseason, it was like, could four teams from the same division make the playoffs? Like, all this stuff that this division's like the best thing we've ever seen. It's crazy how these how the Raiders and the Broncos just completely flopped, even with the superstars they got. It shows you how important coaching is and how important just a real team, like an organized team is, rather than just like a bunch of yeah. superstars all throwing together. But yeah, I think it's the Chiefs and for sure. And we'll be talking about those two teams later during the coaching segment. Oh yeah, sure. and uh, I think it's the Chiefs. As much as I want to say the Chargers, it's just too many injuries and... And they're just—they're not that well coached, and they're, yeah. just, they're just not making plays yeah. to win games when they should. All right, how about the AFC North? Who do you guys have? I have the Ravens. I'm gonna actually—I I like that Ravens take, but I've got to give the edge to the Bengals. I almost like because the Bengals. when Jamar Chase comes back, I don't know. I mean, that's not good for Joe Burrow if he has to be so reliant on Jamar Chase. But I mean, crap. When they're in the game together, there's no better duo. I mean, the two of them yeah. in college lit it up. Two of them in the NFL lit it up, brought them to a Super Bowl. They brought, 
Like, let's think back to two years ago. The Bengals were the laughing stock of the NFL. Like, the Bengals have never been a good football team. Now they made a Super Bowl, and they're coming back this year. I say once Jamar gets back, this team turns it around. And so Ravens are a great team. And, I mean, those three losses they have have all been in really tight games where they had the lead. But now they've been able to hold those. But I've still got the Bengals winning this. Yeah, really unfortunate that Jamar Chase got injured right as he was starting to heat up. But I do have the Ravens taking this division. They have a much easier closing schedule than the Bengals do. The Bengals have to play the Bills, Titans, Chiefs, and the Ravens. And um, and the Ravens' hard, the hardest opponent the rest of the year is the Bengals. So for that reason, I have the, Ra- the Ravens taking the division just because of strength of schedule. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Just like Quinn said, the Bengals might be, with, with Jamar Chase, as good or better than the Ravens, especially in the second half of the season where yeah. you know Joe Burrow goes off and the whole Bengals team. We saw it last year. Yeah. But let me read out this Ravens schedule. Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. They might lose one game if in the worst scenario too, but they could lose zero there. I mean, it's hard to see them not win the division when they literally played scrubs for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to the AFC East. or Sorry, we already did the East. AFC South. I think this is the Titans- Absolute runaway, kind of like the NFC uh, North is. Jackson Texans are both bottom uh, 10 teams in the league, and the Colts have a head are coach. also a bottom 10 team. Yeah, and <laughs> Colts are a bottom 10 team and have a head coach who was coaching a high school football team like a week ago. And he, he so, went like 20 and 14 or something. He wasn't even I know, good. They had, a, they had a losing season. They, he yeah. had like three wins in high school, and now he's like the head coach of an NFL team. He did win his debut, which is, I mean, That's shocking, nice. but... Um, yeah, if the Titans choke this, they don't deserve to be in the NFL. So, yeah. I don't even think it's possible for them to choke it. Maybe if they just completely died. But, yeah. But, yeah, Titans, I think it's a runaway. Yeah. You know, we all had hoped that maybe the Jaguars would make it. Maybe the Colts would take it. But they, they're, they've just shown their true colors. And the Jaguars have jaguared. I mean, like, I'm still happy they kept it at least, you know, competitive with the Chiefs. But they're just not, they're not the team everyone thought they were going to be this year. But the Titans are. And the Derrick Henry, I mean, he struggled the first couple weeks. The Titans struggled the first couple weeks. Now that D-, D. Henry's back on, the Titans are back on. And one thing I'll say about the Titans, as much as I love Malik, this passing offense looked so much better with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Like, they were actually throwing the ball. Like, I was saying a couple weeks ago, like, oh, maybe, like, we go with they go with Malik and make him, like, you know, give him some time in the NFL. But I, I think after seeing Tannehill play and realizing that they have a very legitimate shot at, you know, make getting a high seed in the playoffs, they need to get, stick with. I mean, they're, they're just they're too good right now to sell out for Malik. That's, right, that's what right, I think. Right. I mean, thousand percent. They're they're winning big games and like Tannehill actually played good. Like like Nick Westbrook Akinig, that random receiver, had thirty two fantasy <laughs> points. Like that's crazy. I've never seen that out of a Titans player in my life. So so that's how, that's my thoughts. And I also think it would be a fun segment at the end of the year to just like like what happened. Like the Colts kind of goes in that same category as the Raiders and the Broncos. Like. Before the season started, like people had real hopes, like they could make a, a far push, and then just they just died. Yeah, like it'd, it'd be interesting to talk about that. Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on to our top ten wide receivers in the NFL? Well, let's talk about coaches at risk first. Yeah. A oh, bit. okay, like sure. Yeah. yeah. Coaches at risk. Uh, Cole, you want to start? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm going to avoid the low hanging fruit here of the Broncos and Raiders. We'll, we'll talk about them later. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about Staley with the Chargers. I think he has, he just has so much talent there, and I know they've been injured. I, I get that. Yeah. But a lot of just his decision-making and just his play calling and just the Chargers team, even with injuries, 
should still be a very good team. Yeah. And they're losing games that they should be winning. Like last night, the Chargers really should have won that game. I mean, that's a big game. Sunday night football against the 49ers. That's just the kind of games you got to win if you want to be a playoff team. And Staley has all... I mean, the Chargers have spent more money than they ever have in their franchise history. They've invested more in Staley, and it's just not working out. They've just never be taken that step. I don't even know if they've made the playoffs with him. Have they? No, they haven't. They have not. Because no. Fields hasn't made the playoffs. Like, if Staley can't turn his stuff around, like, in, in Herbert misses the playoffs again this year, I don't stay, see him staying there much longer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Brandon Staley is definitely on the chopping block. I mean, even on the defensive side, they have so much talent. You have Khalil Mack, uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Like, those are two top five uh, defensive ends in the league. There's no way you can't have a top you can't have a top defense in the league. And you also have Dermot, Derwin James in the secondary, also a top safety in the league. There's too much talent on this team to not be good, right? Even with injuries, you don't have Keenan Allen, you don't have Mike Williams. It doesn't matter. You need to be winning games. Justin Herbert is a top three QB when he's when he's on his game, and he hasn't been on his game. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know, whatever. And you have Austin Eckler in the backfield. I mean, top five running back. There's zero excuse, okay? You need to be winning games. Brandon Stanley is not leading this team to win games. Therefore, he's on the chopping block. I cannot agree more. This team is too talented to be to be beating the Falcons by three, to be beating the Broncos by three. Like, this team is too talented to lose these games and to be close with these horrible teams. It doesn't matter. I mean, injuries are a factor, but we see good coaches with injuries still pull out games. Yeah. Staley never pulls out games without his big boys. It's just a fact. Especially uh, after last year, messing up their playoff when, when messing up their playoff hopes when they were going to tie with the Raiders and then they decided to like rather than take an E they decided to actually go for the win and then it didn't work out and then yeah. the Raiders actually ended up going that was a huge deficit like the Raiders accepted the tie that was like the craziest thing ever and then yeah the they they were ruined yeah that. Derek Carr said he was going to take the tie and then I mean yeah I mean it was just silly yeah stupid stupid mistake also, Cliff Kingsbury is on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Cardinals have been incredibly underwhelming this year. Another team who has way too much talent to be pooping the bed, right? They they are extremely talented on the defensive end. They have DeAndre Hopkins, who, when on his game, is a top receiver in the league. Uh, Kyler Murray has loads of talent. Rondell Moore has been showing out. This team needs to be doing far better than they have been. And therefore... Kingsbury is also at risk for being fired at the end of this year. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury just really hasn't shown. I mean, this team has been solid for years, and they had that one big year. But recently, it hasn't been good. And also, I feel like every single game of the Cardinals I watch, I watch their own players argue with Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline. Yes. Exactly. Like, yes. Obviously, they're he's not... Lost, he's they're, lost the locker room. Yeah, obviously, they're, they're not jiving with the coach. And that's, that's a really big factor. It, and when you have Kyler Murray, who was like a generational talent, number one overall pick, screaming at Kingsbury like every game, it's probably partly Kingsbury's fault. And I'm okay with admitting that. Yeah, this this is another situation, same as Staley. Like, when you have such a talented quarterback on your team, I know some people are starting to, like, lose faith in Kyler Murray, which I think is a sign that Staley is failing, or not Staley. Kingsbury. Kingsbury is failing there because no one should be doubting Kyler Murray because he is a great quarterback. Yeah. And if you are getting him to the spot where people are doubting him and being like, oh, maybe he's not that good, there is an issue there because Kyler is a good quarterback. I say, I'd say with consistency, like, He's a top 10 quarterback when he gets the right coaching, when he gets the right play calling. That's just not what he's getting there. He's lost the locker room. 
this Cardinals team is way better than four and six. And I say that that is almost entirely due to coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And then also Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett. Do we both, really need to talk about? Yeah, both very much. obvious um, picks for for coaches who are at risk for yeah. being fired. Another one that I have uh, outside of those guys is Ron Rivera in Washington. I again, just another case of just he's not been getting the job done. And I know it was really cool a couple of years ago. Remember when he had cancer and he came back and he beat it? Like that was awesome. But like you know, they kind of like were able to ride that high of like, oh, our coach is so resilient. Look what he's doing. But then he's not been able to back it up on the field. And I mean, this year again, they're four and six. I mean, I know they're trying to like. I know Carson Wentz is injured, and but like Carson Wentz really wasn't that guy either way. I just this this Commanders team is just not good, and they've their wins haven't even been that impressive. Their losses have been just bad. They've been really kind of sad. They're only like good. Like when I say good loss, I mean like a loss to a team that they like really put in a resilient effort. The only good loss was really to the Eagles, but and the Vikings. Yeah, and the Vikings, but just this Commanders team as a whole hasn't been getting it done. Ron Rivera, as a coach, has not been getting it done, and I don't see him staying around there too much longer. As much as I want to agree with you, I think it's a little different with Ron Rivera than like people like Hackett or or Josh McDaniels, just because he was not dealt, dealt a great bag. I mean, this team is is very, very not good. I mean, they have a horrible quarterback. They they traded for Carson Wentz. Obviously, that wasn't like what he asked for. He said that in the interview. I don't, I don't want Carson Wentz. Like He literally said yeah. that. And he, I mean, he just really doesn't have any superstars to push him. I mean, I understand that he probably will get fired. And I don't know if I agree with that just because, I mean, what else is he supposed to do? This team has four wins already. I would have maybe said they had four wins the rest at the end of the season. And I don't really yeah. know what else he can do with this very subpar team. So, yeah, I agree with Blake. I, I think this commander's team is less of a head coaching issue. I actually think Ron Rivera is the right coach for the job. His point of experience... I think he has control over that locker room and is very intelligent. I think this is an upper management issue, right? I agree. The commanders have a horrendous situation with their owner. And all, and like Blake said, uh, Ron Rivera was not dealt a great bag. You can't, I mean, the commanders can't rely on Carson Wentz, right? He's not your future guy. This commander's team needs to start forming an actual rebuild rather than being, rather than wavering along this line of being a bad, mediocre team who is ready for their year, right? They're not. They don't have a quarterback ready. Um, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel have been underutilized. They have an absolute mess in the running back room. They have Brian Robinson, J.D. McKissick, and Antonio Gibson. you got to get rid of one of them and stick with one of them, right? Or just keep a tandem between Gibbs, between one of the receiving backs, McKissick or Gibson, and B-Rob, right? Yeah. yeah. In this, in this defense, Chase Young's got to get healthy. They've got to add some more weapons. This team just needs to actually enter a rebuild. Yeah, but what what I'd like to bring up is, remember the Jeff Fisher era in L.A. a couple of years ago? Yeah. And I think this is a very similar situation. Jeff Fisher is a very like well-known coach. He'd been in the league for a long time. and But all he was doing for the Rams was getting them to the 8-8 eight and eight season, the 7-9, and nine, the, you know, like they were always teetering around where the commanders are teetering. But then what they ended up doing was they just cleaned house. They fired Jeff Fisher. They fired a lot of their upper management and a lot of their coaching staff. They got a new quarterback. They got Jared Goff, who ended up leading them to a Super Bowl. But they got a new coach, and they got McVay in there. So I think to really complete a rebuild, like even though uh, Rivera isn't the worst coach, what you got to do is just hit the reset button. And like you guys were saying, if they're really going to commit to the rebuild, 
that includes coaches that includes coaching staff that includes a lot of upper management because this team really is going nowhere right now and then sometimes that's just what football teams do is even though they're like not terrible with their current coach they like they fire the coach just for the sake of like we're hitting this rebuild button we are committed to our future and yeah and i actually do agree with you i think they they will fire him like i said it's just the way it goes and especially with this team who's had so much management issues they need to rebuild they have some young guys on defense but other than that they need to rebuild so uh he probably will get fired but i don't know if i don't know if it's deserving that's what i'll say all right uh everyone i gotta get going uh i leave you guys with blake and quinn don't let them say anything too bad and good luck with the wide receivers oh for my number my 10 right here i'll just give you guys my top 10 yeah go ahead right real now. quick all right here we go number 10 Keen allen number nine aj brown eight d hop seven debo six tyreek five stefan four jamar three jay jettas two cooper cup number one Devonte adams i leave you guys with that goodbye aj too low <laughs> yeah cooper cup's too high Alrighty. Alrighty, cool. So I guess that'll be our chance to move on to me and Quentin's top 10 wide receivers. All right. I have DeAndre Hopkins at the 10. Cool. He's missed the first six games of the year, but he was still the best wide receiver in the league like two years ago. Top three best hands in the league, extremely athletic, and an excellent red zone target. And there's just no way you can weave him out of the top 10. I obviously think he's being underutilized, but I do think there's a good amount of players who are performing better than he is so far this year. Uh, yeah, I have I have big Mike Evans at 10. He's always been good. He's super, super consistent. And even though this this Brady offense and the Buccaneers this year is a little bit of a slump, Mike Evans has still looked good. And every time he gets the ball thrown at him, he makes amazing catches, even though he's you know kind of getting to that older age. I think it's the same thing. You kind of have to have him in your top 10 just because he's, he's always a superstar. Yeah, I actually don't have Mike Evans in my top 10, but... If you've been listening for a while, you know I don't really like Mike Evans. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I've just never really liked the guy. Um, but at my nine spot, I have Debo Samuel. He has not been amazing this year, but is still extremely talented. You can't deny it. He was a top five wide receiver last year, uh, and honestly, he's the best wide receiver in the league whenever he plays the Rams. Uh, and there's still so much talent that you can't deny. Obviously. Uh, the Niners have just loaded up on new players with Christian McCaffrey. So it's been difficult for him to find the role after he was already struggling uh, in the beginning of the year with a with a QB change. But Debo's still a top 10 uh, wide receiver nonetheless. Yeah, I have uh, DeAndre Hopkins at my nine. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's one of the best of the whole generation. But the suspension, not playing most of the season, is obviously going to drop his stock a little bit just because I've seen everyone else play a lot. Right. But the second he's been back, he's been amazing so i had to make sure i had on my top 10 and you know I, I expect nothing less from deandre superstar hopkins yeah at my eight i have Jalen waddle he has the fourth most receiving yards in the league and isn't even the wide receiver one on his team and also has seven touchdowns which is more than tyree kill and has been an excellent and explosive wide receiver for tua all year and without a doubt i think he deserves to be in the top 10 Whoa, uh, I have Debo Samuel at, at eight. I think it's crazy that you have Jalen Waddle over like DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans and I, Keenan Allen and stuff like that. You think he's already better than them? I think he's, well, yeah, I think he's performing. I would rather have Jalen Waddle than Keenan Allen on my team for sure. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess like moving forward, but I still think I'd take Keenan Allen like right now. I might I, I might take D-Hop over Jalen Waddle maybe, but D-Hop has just not been performing the same way Jalen Waddle has this year. Okay, I have Debo at eight. 
Debo's probably the best receiver after the catch, and he's also the most versatile receiver in the league. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can make spectacular catches. He can run through the line. I mean, what can this guy not do? Yeah. I mean, he's really never had a great quarterback, and I oh, if he did, he would be insane. You have to have him on this list, and I think eight's a great spot for him. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think he's in that in that eight, nine, or ten range uh, of the best wide receivers in the league. It's just if he was having a better year, he'd be in the top five, top six for sure. At the seven spot, possibly a bit controversial, but I have Cooper Cup. He is unfortunately now injured. Um, however, he has been pretty good all year, not having the same um, amount of stats that he did last year, but has maintained plenty of volume. But the thing with Cooper Cup is, I don't think he's that explosive. He doesn't have that it factor that some other guys in the league have. He really just racks up catches and volume, which is really good, right? He's a great route runner, and obviously he has amazing hands. But when I'm looking at the top guys in the league, they have that it factor about them, where they can just go insane whenever they want to, right? Cooper Cup, I don't feel he has that. I think he's just a very consistent, flatline guy who never really pops off, but never really does bad. Yeah, I mean... uh. I love Cooper Cup, and I'll talk about him a little later. I have Stefan Diggs at seven. Whoa, that's low, I think. Yeah, some people could say it's low, but just the people I have above, I'm just, I think they have a deeper bag and a, could, could like kind of are more valuable to their, than the, to their team than Stefan Diggs is. Stefan Diggs is great at most things, but he's not like a superstar at anything, I don't think. And I guess that I just think of people like A.J. Brown as already better than Stefan Diggs. You think... You think AJ Brown's better than Stephon Diggs? Yeah, I do. Anyways, I have Stephon Diggs at seven. He's amazing. You know, he's always great. He is just a uh, he's he's on amazing offense. Josh Allen feeds him the ball a thousand times, and uh, he, he's great. I mean, I, I can't say anything bad about him. He's a superstar, but I just have some other guys over him who I think have shown that they might be better than him already. I mean, he's top three in receiving yards in the league. I mean, he has seven touchdowns. I I really can't leave him out of my top five. Um, in any in any list, I think the top five is fairly interchangeable. Kind of depends on the game, but but I mean I don't the know. one thing I'll I really say, think seven's low. Okay, the one thing I'll say about like looking at statistics like that is like how about Cooper Cup last year? I mean sometimes you just get the ball fed to you a thousand times. Of course your stats are going to look amazing. Yeah, but sometimes people aren't on good enough teams. I mean Stephon Diggs is on arguably the best team in the league. Obviously he's going to have amazing receiving stats because it's also probably the most prolific passing offense in the whole league. Look at people like Devonte Adams who has been on a bad team. That doesn't mean he's bad, you know. It's just a it's a weird thing, just because his stats are gonna look so good, just like Cooper Cups will, just because he he's so prominent in that offense. All right, uh, at the sixth spot, I have AJ Brown, and I had this spot between him and Cooper Cup, but AJ Brown is only trailing Cup by a hundred yards and has less games played, less targets, and less receptions. And AJ Brown, like I just talked about, has a bigger it factor, has more big plays than Cup, and also has the same amount of TDs and less games played. So that's why I have A.J. Brown above Cooper Cup. I have Cooper Cup at six. Cooper Cup is just someone who's always there, consistent, and solid. Makes literally every single catch. He's also really clutch. Catches so many touchdowns. And he's so, so important to this Rams offense. I can't leave him out of the top six. Do you think... I have a question for you, though. Cause you, because you put Cooper Cup over Stephon Diggs. Do you think Cooper Cup would be as successful putting up the same amount of numbers that Stephon Diggs is uh, in the Bills situation if you put Cooper Cup on the Bills? 
Yeah, probably as much or more, I think. Really? I think, but I mean, I don't think the Bills offense suits Cooper Cup's game at all. Probably not as much as, as the Rams, I do agree, but I can't deny that if Cooper Cup was tag team with Josh Allen, it'd probably be more points than tag teaming with Matthew Stafford. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, but I just, I think the role they use Stephon Diggs in is a lot different than the role they use Cooper Cup in, but I mean, this is an argument you could go on about for days and days. Cooper Cup has better hands. He's arguably better after the catch. No, he doesn't have better hands than Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he does. No, 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 no. I don't know. I think he for sure does. Do you see? Do you see Cooper? Do you see Cooper Cup making one-handed grabs all the time? I mean, I don't care about the one-handed grabs. I care about every single grab. You know what I mean? I don't care about the flashy plays. I care about it's third and fifteen, and Cooper Cup makes the clutch catch. Yeah, I mean. I bet you if you look at the stat right now, Stephon Diggs has less drops than Cooper Cup does. I mean, they're probably very similar. But who has more targets? Um, probably Cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to look at stats when they're no, a little... No, Stephon Diggs has more targets. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, then I guess I guess you're, you're right then. Who has more drops? Uh, Well, the receptions is 72, targets is 99. But, I mean, and then um, Cup has more receptions. But, I mean, that doesn't mean it's an inaccurate ball. There's a, There's a difference for sure. But yeah. um, at the five spot, I have Jamar Chase. Um, in seven games, he had uh, six touchdowns and more receptions than A.J. Brown and the same amount of targets as Jalen Waddle, and also has a massive it factor where he can look like the best wide receiver in the league. So that's why I have him in my top five. And I think based off of his athleticism and his speed and, you know, just – his overall ability, it's hard to leave him out of your top five. I have A.J. Brown at five. This guy is just a jack-of-all-traits. He's humongous. Mm-hmm. His route running is insane. He's amazing after the catch. He, he He's just kind of that perfect wide receiver. He's super young. And, I mean, I, I just I wish. He's he's arguably, like, the best person you could have in, like, a dynasty league just because he's young and he's, a, he's just plainly great at everything. He has a great connection with Jalen Hurts, too. Yeah, he's just really big. He makes every single catch. He's great over the middle of the field. Obviously, a great in the red zone because he has that big frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can't say anything bad about him. Like that big frame, he can break tackles. I just, I love AJ Brown, and I think he has pretty much everything Stefan Diggs does and more. So I, I am a fan of AJ Brown very much. So, yeah, I agree. I I think he's definitely arguably a top five uh, receiver. At the four slot, I have Devontae Adams. He's still got it in him. He's a little older, but, I mean, really this Raiders offense has not been taking care of him. Uh, he only has 57 receptions on the year and isn't top five in receiving yards this year, but it's really not necessarily his fault. But I do think there are three wide rece- at least three wide receivers who are better than him right now. But he does have eight touchdowns, so, I mean, Devontae Adams' talent is, is ridiculous. He's top three in... He has top some of the best hands in the league, some of the best route running, crazy speed. His IQ is ridiculous. It's hard to leave him out of your top five. Yeah, I have Jamar Chase at four. Just I'm going to put Devontae at three. Mm-hmm. Jamar is just that young superstar that everyone wants. Yeah, He has that massive connection with Joe Burrow, and he can really make every catch, and he's just so, so good after the catch. His route running is, is insane, and he's great on the deep balls. Jamar is just really solid. Even being that young, everyone has them in their top five pretty much. Yeah. At the three slot, I have Jettas. Some games, he looks like the best wide receiver in the league by a mile. 
But other times, he just looks like a standard top five, top ten guy in the league. And if he were more consistent, I would have him as the best wide receiver in the league. But there have been some games this, like two or three games this year, where he's just dropped basically donuts, like three receptions for 40, 50 yards, right? That's not top 10 wide receiver numbers. So if Jettis was more consistent, I'd have him at the one. But like I said, massive it factor. He can be the best wide receiver in the league at times. At three, I have Devontae Adams. I think it's kind of just like voter fatigue and also just his offense is so bad that Devontae Adams is kind of getting a little underrated. I mean, obviously the Raiders aren't playing good, but Devontae is still Devontae. Mm-hmm. And he's still so, so solid. I mean, when you watch the highlights of the Raiders games, which most people don't do because they mostly lose, he is just still playing amazing, and you just can't leave him off this top three. I mean, a year ago, we'd say he's one. So saying he's, like, not top five after, like, seven months of him still playing good is just crazy. Yeah. At the two slot, we could not be more different here. I have Stephon Diggs at the two. He's more consistent than Devontae Adams, has seven touchdowns on the year, and he's just got that dog in him. He's unreal, crazy it factor, some of the best hands in the league, and he sauced up Jair Alexander just a couple weeks ago, and his route running is top tier. I really can't see leaving this guy out of your top three, top five. Devon, uh, Stephon Diggs has been crazy the last couple of years, and I really can't think there is no denying his talent. Oh, yeah, I agree. So I guess a little side question. Who do you think would be more successful in that offense? Stephon Diggs or Devontae Adams? Likely Devontae Adams. Okay, gotcha. So then how, how come you think you Stephon Diggs would be a top 10 over him? Well, just because I think the system does, I mean, it does play a factor into who you're going to put as the better player. Like, Devon, Stephon Diggs' output is better than Devontae Adams. Obviously, yeah. there's better, there's other outside factors like weather. Um, I mean, you could argue that if Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen played where the Las Vegas Raiders do, Raiders do at home, they would put up bigger numbers, right? Just because it's indoor, it's not freezing cold outside. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but So there's a lot of factors that go into it. But I'm just saying from an output standpoint, Stephon Diggs has a better output than Devontae Adams right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's pretty true right now. The one thing I will say is that I think Devontae Adams is like the one receiver who could play in every, and, every yeah, scheme. And, yeah, Literally exactly. every single scheme. Because we've seen him with the Raiders, which... Might be one of the worst teams in the league. I will say that now, Quinn. Yeah, yeah. And he's still putting up 150, 150 yards and two touchdowns. So, like, put on the Texans. I do not care. Devontae Adams is that one guy who's so universal. And I will say that. Yep. On my number two, I have Jay Jettis. Just pretty much the same thing as what Quinn said. Jay yeah. Jettis is the future. He is the highlight god. He's just crazy to watch. So clutch. And he's some of the craziest catches I've literally ever seen. Mm-hmm. And his route running is insane. He's, he's really similar to Jamar Chase in my eyes. Both LSU guys, both super, super talented. Yeah. So I think we both agree the one, Tyreek Hill. I cannot agree more. Tyreek Hill is the hardest person to guard in the NFL, and he'll put up numbers with anyone. He, he's just that guy. Yeah. he's the, He has the most receiving yards in the NFL. He's the most versatile wide receiver uh, and possibly player in the league. He's the most explosive, extremely athletic, most targets, most receptions. Honestly, an MVP candidate. I mean... He doesn't have the greatest hands, but his athleticism makes up for it. He's in the best passing offense in the league. And, well, he's created the best passing offense in the league, I think, along with Mike McDaniels. But this Dolphins team would not be where it is right now without Tyreek Hill. And that 
I don't think there's an argument against that. Tyreek Hill has been by far the most consistently great player this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think earlier I said that Debo Samuel was the best after the catch. I, I made a mistake. I forgot about Tyreek Tyree Hill. Kill. Tyreek Hill is insane after the catch. The, the, and also, like, there's been a lot of knocks on his hands. This year's hands have been amazing. Mm-hmm. I've seen some crazy catches. And yeah. he's just so dominant. You watch him on the field, he's just unguardable. And uh, he is the most valuable wide receiver in the league. And he's the best wide receiver in the league right now. I will say that. Thousand percent. All right. Do you want to move on to our uh, week 11 game picks? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, hold on one second. I've got the games pulled up. I can read it if you want. How about Titans Packers? Uh, Titans. The Packers don't have the firepower this year, and the Titans have looked swollen steady all year. Derrick Henry is just going to wear this defense out. Yeah, Titans are just going to run all over them, and I just don't think the Packers will stand a chance. I got the Titans. How about Bears Falcons? Um, I got the Bears. Justin Fields has been <laughs> popping off, and uh, in an indoor stadium in Atlanta, um, he's going to be able to air it out, do whatever he wants uh, with this with this Bears offense. So, And the Falcons just aren't going to be able to put up enough points in order to hang with the Bears, so I got the Bears. Yeah, I actually have the Bears too. I mean, the Falcons have kind of actually dipped down a little bit from the beginning of the season, kind of steady run game, win, winning games. They got smacked by the Panthers, so yeah, uh, I got the Bears. They're only heating up. How about Eagles-Colts? Eagles, Colts? Uh, Eagles, no question. So Eagles, no question. I agree. Jets-Patriots? Uh... Jets are the better team this year, so I'm going to pick the Jets, and they're coming off a bye. Yeah, yeah, I agree with both those points. I think the Jets will win. Commanders, Texans. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans. They're at home. They have one game on the um, one one uh win on the year. I don't know. I think I think the Texans are due for a win, and the Commanders are on their backup QB. A lot going on in upper management right now. They're a bit distracted. They're the Texans are at home. Texans are going to get it done. Uh, yeah, I think the Commanders will get it done. There, I think they're a little bit better team, and uh, they they've looked horrible. I do agree, but they have also had some a few solid showings. Yeah. So uh, if they can have one of those, they'll easily beat this Texans team. How about Rams Saints? Um, I mean the Rams have to get a win eventually. So, or wait, is is Matthew Stafford back next week? Do you know? Um, I am not sure, but I, yes, yeah, I would imagine he would be a concussion one week. It's probably all I'm Yeah. So if Stafford is back, I'm going to say, um, it's going to, the Rams are going to win. Yeah, I agree. I think the Rams pull this one. The Saints have just been looking horrible. Andy Dalton experiments not working. Yeah. Browns, Bills. Uh, Bills. <laughs> Bills, I agree. How about Panthers, Ravens? Uh, Ravens, Panthers are horrendous and the Ravens are good. So no question. Ravens. Lions, Giants. Uh, Giants are gonna get it done. They've they've been winning all year. They, uh, Brian Dable has really turned the culture around to a winning culture, a team that knows how to win. The Lions don't know how to win, so Giants at home. Yeah, even though the Lions have won two in a row, the Giants will look great. Give me the Giants. How about Raiders, Broncos? Oh my goodness, this is a game no <laughs> one wants to watch. Um, I am gonna go with. I'm going to go with the Broncos just because they have a better defense than the Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders. I think that this Raiders team just looks frustrated, obviously, and I think that they pull away with this this close win, I would say. Yeah. Cowboys-Vikings. Um, ooh, great game. 
it's not Monday. It's not Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon wherever you live. It's not Sunday. First game of the uh, first game of the day. Kirk Cousins. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Valid. I'm actually gonna go. I'll go Vikings. I've changed my mind about them. They look like superstars. So the thing with the Vikings is, I feel like they're just gonna have a really terrible game after beating the Bills. Like it just seems like a Vikings thing to do. And Kirk Cousins. Monday, Sunday morning games is ridiculous. He's like the best QB in the league at that time. But every other every other time, he's just pretty mid. Prime time, he's like the worst QB in the league. So, yeah, I'm going to um, I'm gonna go Cowboys. Yeah, okay, cool. There's a little, little change there. How about Bengals-Steelers? Uh, Bengals, they're just the better team. I'll go Bengals too, I agree. Chiefs-Chargers? Uh, Chiefs, just talked about it. Chiefs have more firepower than Chargers and the Chargers are just a struggling team with too many injuries. Chargers haven't looked that great. And the the Chiefs, they're always solid. They're not going to lose these games. Give me the Chiefs. All right, 49ers, Cardinals. Uh, Niners. Niners are also just the better team. Yeah, I agree. The Niners are only heating up. I got the Niners winning. Yeah. All righty. I think that wraps it up. Awesome. Thank you for listening. Uh, We're out. Me and Quinn. See ya.